This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this evening, as usual, are Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got two main reviews. So we're going to kick off with the sci-fi adventure, Colonials. Then we have um, a drama from based in 1974 called The Walk. Our short shot this week is Kickstart My Heart. And our DTV throwback is a classic time bomb with Michael Bean. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review this week is Colonials. A space colonist traveling from Mars crash lands on Earth to save a resistance stuck in the Dark Ages. Well, that's half of what um, IMDb said this film was before it started to just spout verbal diarrhea at me. Um, so what we have here is God knows what we have here, yeah. to be honest. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a forgiving person, Steve. I really am. You yeah. know, I, I, I can admire this film for its ambitious um, special effects and its production design and its cast doing the best, it's can, best, it's, best it can. But I cannot forgive a shitty script like this. Yeah. This is a film which does not make a lick of sense um, it pulls so many cliches out of its ass, uh, and then it just sort of throws other shit at it, just just for the hell of it, without any sort of real um, grasp of you know any, any semblance of common sense or decency at all. Mm. It is just such a mess. So, I mean, when it first started off, I'm thinking, is this meant to be like uh, Starship Troopers? You know because we've got this, this stunningly handsome um, space cadet guy who is has been selected for this mission to go to Earth to find out what's happened to the hundreds of other people they'd already sent there. So so for some reason, they're sending like one guy, this kid, straight out of the academy. Oh, it's because he's connected, you know, his parents are ambassadors or some crap like that. The, the tone of it is awful. Yeah. It's it starts off with our hero being pissed on by a robot um, to wake him up. It, it, it's it's got the vibe of like a frat house comedy, um, and then it sort of kind of gets serious when when the ship gets attacked and all sorts. It's it's it does have one or two nice ideas as it goes along, but oh my god, you know. No. No, 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 no. Come on, tell me how did right. how did you write this one? I'll be honest, I don't like these kind of films where it's like all green screen, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like the first half hour is literally just all on green screen sets. And yeah, it never worked for me because it's completely obvious what's going on. It's cheap as chips and you can see it. Hmm. You know, there's no 
it's not done well, you know, it's done on the cheap, but it looks cheap. Yeah. Um, like I said, the script is terrible, but it, it, it it's all like set up for the next one. Mm. You know what I mean? Because at the end, it's like, well, you've not finished the story, then it's showing like all these action scenes that aren't in the film that, are, you know, I'm presuming they're hoping to do in a part two and finish it yeah. off, but it, no, it's all over the place. It really, really is. I mean, there's no, I don't know, there's, there's no sense of anything in it. No. I mean, the, 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 the main guy, his acting style is shout or shout louder. Mm. You know, and when he bumps into the supposed death bloke on Earth and he's chatting, oh, he's just, I don't know, it's 10 minutes of me sitting there talking absolute bollocks for no reason whatsoever. You know, and it's, it's just, it's embarrassing. Oh. I just couldn't get on with this at all. It is so bad. I mean, the, the, the deaf guy, I mean, you know, he was actually okay. But the, the yeah. whole... The whole thing, I mean, um, our main character, um, you know, he crash lands on, on the planet on Earth. Uh, it loses his memory as a result of the crash. So he doesn't know who he is. Mm. But the, the Colonel of the Resistance suggests that after the mission that he's meant to be on, maybe he could go and speak to this deaf guy. He might be able to help. So what does he do? He ditches the bloody mission and goes yeah. to help, or goes to find the deaf guy immediately. Which is like crazy, but then you know the the the, the woman and the the kid who are supposed to be helping him, you know, and they're going. This is a vital yeah. mission. We you know the, this is of utmost importance. Let's wait till the morning before we go. Yeah. Let's let's have a good night's yeah. sleep before we go on this this super <laughs> secret deadly mission. I was like, oh really? Okay, yeah. Let's let's just drag it out for another twelve hours. Why not? Yeah, it was just. It was didn't make a lick of sense. I, I I thought this is written by a ten year old. It's it's written by a ten year old. I'm sure. There's yeah. um, or 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 it's written for ten year olds. One of the two, you know. Mm, yeah. There's one line. I mean, the android thing, which is you know, it's another one of these floating head things that we like we saw in yeah. um in Vesper and and a few other things. And he's commandeering this ship, and he suddenly turns to the camera and says, I'd like to see R2-D2 do that. And that <laughs> was the yeah. last straw. That was literally the last straw. It really was. Um, oh, I, I, I kind of kicked in my TV at that point. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm literally at least 50 years to the well, let's think, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like 40, 45 years too old to be watching this, I think. Um, clearly, I'm not the audience for it. Um, neither I, are you. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's an audience <laughs> for it. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody will watch it, but they're going to be in single digit figures as, as far as their age is concerned. Yeah. It, it just. It... <laughs> It disappoints me, you know what I mean? It's not... Mm-hmm. What's the worst of it? I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed, because it... <laughs> I don't know, maybe give, the, yeah. maybe the script another couple of drafts, I don't know, but... Oh. It's just, it's yeah. just awful. It is, it is pretty terrible. 
the you know I didn't mind the design of it. You know, the production design. It, it, it's shot on a shoestring. They did the best with the um, you know the green screen stuff. Mm. I, I think some of it looked quite decent. Um, the spaceships and stuff I thought were okay, but yeah, but the, well, script, the, rest of it. the script was what led it down. It really did. And on that basis, Steve, how are you going to score it? I think I'll give it a four. A four is about right. So that's two fours for Colonials. It could be us. It could be we're just two old cantankerous assholes. But we just did not get into this at all. Um, Not for us at all. Two fours for Colonials. Go check it out. Our next review is The Walk. In 1974, a Boston-Irish cop faces fierce social pressure after being assigned to protect black high school students as they are bussed into all-white South Boston High. Hmm. Now, I must admit, I wasn't looking forward to watching this. I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be just like really, you know, heavy-handed drama all the way through. Um, but how wrong was I? I already enjoyed watching this. I thought it was very moving. Um, that last sort of 20 minutes were in- both incredibly tense and then, you know, really pulling at the heartstrings. Um, you know, uh, what would your alternative title be for this film? You know, I- I'd-, I'd-, I'd say something like Boston-, Boston is full of white cunts. Boston racist, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of like, oh, it made me angry. You know, this, this film really made me angry um, at times for the right reasons. Um, it's, it's it's a really important part of, um, you know, American history, which which is, you know, um, kind, kind of brushed on the car- carpet. Um, well, can I ask you, mm-hmm. is it, because I've been, I've not noticed or, is it actually based on a true story or? Inspired by real events, I think is what it is. I don't, I don't, you right, know, okay. um, but you know, um, I mean, I, I would be really interested to know, for example, if the um, if, if if all the racist cops did decide not to turn up to duty that day, mm. you know, that I mean, that that would be interesting to know for sure. Um, you know, this is this is really well acted. The, the Boston accents are lovely. <laughs> you know, they're really. Yeah. It's just really interesting to hear, like, you know, 50 different Mark Wahlberg impressions. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for, for me, the, the, the chief one actually is the cop's wife, who's like, who's like um, I don't know, it's from the Netherlands oh, or somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sort of Flemish or something. Yeah, she's, which, is, which is really interesting, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I've. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was really well made. Um, you know, re- really drove home the issues. I thought, and and didn't shy away from you know the whole horrific nature of it. So yeah. Um, how about you? I wasn't as happy with, you, with it as you were. I think um, I thought it was quite dragged out. It is a bit too long for what it is. An hour and forty minutes. Yeah, could it could have been a bit shorter. Sure. And it's, it just seemed to be 
you know, the great white hero story, you know. It, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting they decided to sort of, you know, who, who the protagonist is sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not just that. It's like, oh, it's not really told. To me, the more interesting story would be, you know, the black families who mm. are dealing with it. And there's not much of that. You've got Terence Howard with his daughter and that's about it. Mm. You know, and it's only a couple of scenes. To me, I think it would have been more interesting if it had been the opposite way around, you know, to mm-hmm. show the struggles that they were going through. Because, I mean, you've basically got a lot of white people bitching, you know, moaning mm-hmm. about it. And so it just, just felt a bit flat to me in, yeah. that, in that sense. I, mean, I thought performances were quite good. I mean, I actually even kind of enjoyed Jeremy Piven, who I don't normally like, mm. to be fair. But he was actually quite good. And, you know, the daughter was quite good as well. But if you just, you knew what was coming, it was, that's one thing, it was based on a true story, it just seemed familiar and, you know, you kind of knew what was going to happen, but, all the you know the backstory of him being in prison and him now being a cop and he's not falling in line with them who were like semi-gangsters I presume you know I don't really mm-hmm. go into it as much but yeah it's like the good fellas isn't it yeah yeah it just, it just felt a little bit flat to me I just think they could have done it a lot more interesting if they'd have done it the other way hmm Rich, how about you? How did you get on with The Walk? Yeah, I really liked it. I wasn't sure where it was going to go because it sets all, up all the stuff about busing, which I didn't really know, which I'd heard of, but I didn't really know much about. And I don't think the film actually delves into that as much as I perhaps, I perhaps needed to for context. But you can sort of get the overall um, sort of perspective on it. But yeah, I'll come back to the same point that, that Steve just made when I'm watching it, I'm thinking this is a film about sort of race relations and about the difficulties of, of, you know, the civil rights movement and all this sort of stuff. And it's all about the white characters, which is, mm. which is really a bit unsettling. I mean, Terrence Howard's in this and he's really great, yeah. really great, but he only has a handful of scenes and his daughter, Lovey Simmons, uh, who mm. was, uh, she was in Sealer and the Spades and uh, the Craft Legacy. Mm-hmm. So she's really good. But again, she doesn't really have a lot to do. It's all about, the 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 white residents and and the how they feel about the whole situation, which I thought was a bit um, it's a bit so like not all white people, um, isn't it? Is that's that's kind of you know for, for, with with having the um, the cop as the sort of main protagonist, the sort of centre of the film. Is, yeah. is that sort of like it's oh, fine? I mean, he's quite a complex guy because yeah. he's he's got he's got hard edges to him and stuff. You know, he's. He's not inside, but they set that up quite quickly at the beginning that he's actually he's, he's okay. Mm. Um, played by Justin Chatwin from the uh, Dragon Ball movie and various other things. <laughs> um, but then you've got all basically the film sort of introduces all these characters, and you're like, wow, it's it's Malcolm McDowell, and oh, mm. it's Jeremy Piven, <laughs> oh, it's Terrence Howard. It's got all these cool cool people in it. Um, Malcolm McDowell seems to be, I mean, he's Malcolm McDowell. But I think he's forgetting that maybe he's supposed to be doing an accent. I think he does it for like two seconds in a couple of the scenes, like he's trying to put on a, a Boston accent. But he goes, "No, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do my my English accent. That's fine." Um, even though he's supposed to be like 
born and bred, <laughs> from, I gather, from, from one thing. But Jeremy Piven's quite hard. I mean, he's he's um, he was kind of like the Ryan Reynolds before Ryan Reynolds or around the same mm. sort of time. He was doing the same kind yeah. of thing, really. And, you know, he obviously had an entourage and everything was a big success. But he's kind of disappeared uh, off the radar. I mean, Mr. Selfridge, I mean, that was a random thing. He did that British period drama mm. series and he was really good in that. And um, did but he turns with, up um... in this. Yeah, he did a film with Jonathan Rhys Meyer um, last year, I think it was, where he played a stuntman, um, and he was really good in that. It's all about Jonathan Rhys Meyer trying to get hold of this um, Andy Warhol painting. I can't remember what it's called. Oh it's, yeah, it's, um, it's like American Heist or yeah, something. American like Heist. Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah. Anyway, again, another sort of DTV movie, and uh-huh, yeah, definitely. but I think Jeremy Piven's really good. I think he's showing a bit of more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he does have range. I mean, he's great at playing the sort of smart ass sort of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, guy, you know, sort of Ryan Reynolds, these sort of characters and stuff. And uh, he's in one of my one of my favorite films from the 90s, uh, PCU, which um, came out I, over here on VHS uh, under a under. A, I didn't I didn't think it had ever even got released in the UK, but it had like it did come out under a really weird title or something. Anyway, um, that was that's a really good film that you can't really find very well. Uh, but it's like mm-hmm. an Animal House knockoff with loads right. of people in it. I mean, the, the cast is amazing. John Favreau and all, all, there's ton, tons of people in it. Well worth hunting mm-hmm. down. If you want a film that's about an hour and 10 minutes and, and it's just going to keep you entertained for like for the, for the whole time, that, that's a good one to, to look for, but it's hard to get hold of. Anyway, Jeremy Piven. Um, so here he's he's a much harder, tougher character. You don't quite know what he's... I mean, you know he's just got out of prison and stuff. You don't quite know, but um, he sort of reveals um, the sort of harder edge. But what the the film keeps delving into is sort of the cycle of things you know so mm-hmm. there's like jeremy piven's son is getting into a relationship with um justin chatwin's uh, uh character's daughter mm-hmm. uh, they've got the, both those guys have got a history and you know uh, his son starts behaving in a way that's like his dad because yeah. because of his dad you know it's kind of the mm-hmm. it, it's sort of tr- moving down through the generations kind of thing uh and even even he sort of there are moments where you see his character that this is very much a supporting character, but you see that guy mm. sort of, sort of trying to seek his father's approval through it, you know, sort of that like, I'm, mm. I did it because of, because of you dad kind of thing um, mm. that maybe there is a little bit of a reservation about some of the, some of the sort of nasty stuff that he's getting up to. Um, so they do that with a few of the characters. One of the other ones is uh, Justin Chatwin's character and say the daughter She's getting mixed up with it and and uh, falling under the sort of the influence of the you know the language and the terminology and, uh, yeah, yeah. and you know the attitudes uh, towards the towards the blacks who are going to be coming into the school uh, and you know so she sort of gets in on that. There's a whole bit, so it's very much an ensemble. Um, but I think although it's a bit all over the place in in t- area, you know in places, mm. I do and I say a bit weight, far too heavily weighted on the white side. Uh, I think this is a film that's got reasonably good intentions. Kind of, it's It's got a fairly limited budget, which I think you can tell, especially when you get towards the end. You know, it's yeah. kind of this big scene and, and they just don't really have the most, the most of the film, because I thought it was going to all be set in a school and stuff. It's not, it's yeah. it's all sort of leading up yeah, to, it's, so it's conversational and... Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a bit more to do with the integrate actual integration. Yeah, it, that's it. It doesn't. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be right. They're going to be, he's going to be uh, escorting them into the school 
and it's actually no it's, it's like the whole of the summer's going to go by first and then mm. it's or, or a few weeks or whatever it is i'm not sure what the t- time mm. distance is but it, it's it's that only happens at the end um and there's a little sort of um code a bit of you know so uh, what 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 is that what's the next step going to be with some of these characters what where, where are they going to go from here uh you know are their attitudes and stuff going to change uh so it's not it's not nat- wrapped up in a neat little bow although there is a bit of you know there is mm. an element of closure and stuff but uh yeah i thought yeah. it's i would put it up there as it's not as good as like killing of kenneth chamberlain but i would say it's it's also a really interesting film about the say that about this aspect of american history civil rights and and that that's mm. and you know the police and attitudes uh, uh stuff that's well worth seeing it is it's interesting isn't it when you when you sort of look at this um and how rigid the divide is between the sort of the white and the black neighborhoods and, and, mm. and things like that you know and it is literally it's like an apartheid i don't know what i was just going to say yeah they had, had that sort of thing and you know it 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 you mentioned sort of history repeating itself, and you know we're sort of seeing it now with, okay, you know, with with sort of, sort of things like trans rights and things like that, and sort of the attitudes towards them, and it's like, and and what what's really sad is that some of the black politicians who are actually sort of like, you know, be, being anti-trans and thinking, well, you just, you know, you're you're now in a position where you're sort of tolerated, and now you're sort of kicking somebody else. It's 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 really really bizarre, but anyway, I digress on that. How are we going to score it, uh, Steve? I'll give it a six. Well, I'm actually going to go a bit higher. I'm going with a seven on this one. I did find it very entertaining. Did enjoy it, and um, yeah, I, th- I thought the ending was really tense. You know, when, when the bus turns up and you got the crowds and everything, you didn't know how things are going to turn out. Um, Although there's that bit where there's a, there's a woman sort of standing in front of, uh, I think it's uh, the cop character, um, Bill Coughlin. Mm. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a woman who's clearly shouting, but there's no like ADR or anything. So it's like she's just, she's just shouting, but not saying anything. <laughs> it's like this really weird moment. And anyway, it's a budget limitation mm. thing, I'm sure. Yeah. And stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a I'd say if it, if it overcame a couple of those problems that it had, I would have said eight, but because say because of the the, the waiting and and mm-hmm. the sort of bit bit um little bit uneven, I would say seven. Definitely well worth seeing. It is definitely worth seeing. Yep. So two sevens and a six for the walk. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Kickstart My Heart. After a devastating injury, a young woman wakes up and must fight her own demons to survive and escape her own house. Uh, we saw this one, Rich, last year at um, the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. Yep. And it's really good to see it again. Glad it's on. It, it's now on YouTube. Um, a very well-made short, very well-received um, at that particular festival. Um, and it all came about because of the writer-director actually being involved in a horrific, um, well, I won't say car accident, but, you know, she, she was hit by a car as she was sort of crossing the road. Um, and it sort of inspired, you know, her, her recovery sort of inspired her to make this film. 
Um, and it is really, really well made. Um, you know, it's interesting sort of seeing it again now and sort of really appreciating the, the camera moves and the editing and the way it all comes together. It's really, really well done. Uh, Steve, this is your first time seeing it, I imagine. So yeah. how do you get on with this? No, I really enjoyed this, actually. Uh, I thought it was done really well. Uh, throws you straight in there, you know, there's no... Oh, it's nasty, you know? I mean, I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm like, how the hell did they do that? You know, what, yeah. it's, it's so well done. Uh, just carries on. No, breakneck speed, but, you know, it's one of them that's actually got the heart to it as well, you yeah. know, with the characters and stuff. Because uh, it turns out, is it, a, I think it's supposed to be a brother. Mm. Um, Younger brother, yeah. Yeah, but he's already passed mm. on. I believe. Uh, and yeah, it just goes at a cracking pace and then it ends. And then I was actually very surprised to see, you know, the actual accidents mm. stuff in the credits and, you know, things like that. That kind of brought a bit more, well, not not downer to it, but, you know, it made you think. So, so it. sobering, isn't it, basically? Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Sobering, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. but no, it was enjoyable. Um, I, I think part of the, if if you, <laughs> the impact, if you will, of this is is those sort of X-ray scenes, you know, as yeah. she's fighting these demons, and it'll suddenly show you what's actually happening to her, yeah. and and yeah. you know, obviously you you, you know, the implication is yeah, that's the injury she's actually received from the you know being hit by this bloody car. Um, and, and it is, you know, it's, it's, it's harrowing and, and very sort of sobering to sort of see that, and, and amazing that she was able to sort of recover from it, basically. Um, yeah. but, so, so Rich, uh, as I said, you know, we saw this on the big screen at uh, Fighting Spirit. Um, how do you rate it now? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, was, I think it was either my favourite or one of my favourites. I think it did. I think it did win. It did pick up an award, didn't it? I think um, on the day. I think so. I can't. I can't remember. Audience, I think it was audience choice or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not going to commit myself to it. <laughs> I'm not sure. But the uh, but I know I know it was well received and say so yeah. I I I loved it and the um I've been looking. I have been looking forward to seeing it. It's it's turned up on a couple of places. Been sort of released at the same time on um, short of the week and uh, alter. I think it's also on. Mm. And uh, because it's kind of. It's an action movie, but there's horror elements and there's psychological elements. It's a whole kind of, it's it's a it's a real mix. You, I, I sort of best describe it as sort of an action horror, but it's 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 more than that because as I say it's got the mm. sort of dramatic part uh, of it as well. It's um, say it's sort, sort of like psychological. It's sort of, um, you can look at it as like a almost like you know like a dream kind of setting, like an Inception or something like that. It's all about sort of fighting through an, a sort of this unconscious sort of state and the inter you know the you know how like in in uh, in inception you've got like the weaponized uh, or um, the militarized subconscious yeah yeah and it's coming after yeah. you mm. you know it's like elements of it's it's you but it's coming after you and, that, and that's what this mm. is it's elements of yeah her, her attacking she's attacking herself basically and it sort of manifests shows us like monsters and stuff um which is all really well done but the action's done by um uh, josh maybe or uh, who um we covered a few of his films from uh, ro- from his rogue origin 
outfit. Oh yeah, they, they do a lot of short, um, into including the um, uh, fan films like uh, Immortal uh, sixty five. I think it was the Iron Fist. Oh yeah, short film. Uh, he's done loads of loads of stuff. Um, loads of really good stuff. Well worth checking, looking him up. Um, he's he was the director and camera operator on the action. Uh, well, you know, he was the coordinator and the camera operator, I should say, on the on the action scenes here. So that's why they've got that that very um, um, professional sort of choreographer choreographed look to them. You know, the, these, yeah. the camera is like literally following characters as they flip around and and all over the. It, it's it looks really good. Um, and the, yeah, uh, Emma Emma Passarov and her, you know her doubles uh, double or doubles I'm not sure uh, do really well in the action sit in the action uh, that's all really well pulled off the um, the cinematography is also really good got a really great look to it very very you know very good decent budget look this isn't this yeah. isn't like a low budget thing it feels like it's like you like you're watching a almost like you're watching a, a shortened feature basically um and what's the other thing uh yeah music and everything so the, so the whole package is really good i don't really like the bits where it's sort of i know i know you sort of praise the the um the bones breaking you know the the bits that remind me of like romeo must die basically mm. where yeah. you see the see, see the fractures and stuff and I, I know the point that it's making whatever but the, the, for me those uh, although i understand the point i didn't i didn't really like those bits myself um for one reason or another but the um but the rest of it i thought i thought was great so right down to the performances right from that opening say shock moment uh to to the ending which is which goes in a completely different direction because it suddenly becomes this kind of documentary uh of mm. uh, you know of, uh, you know over the credits of, of footage of say of an, of an actual recovery from uh, <clears throat> uh from, from the incident that inspired the film and sort of goes in a, it, it it ends the film on a very different note to what you think it's you know it's a very thoughtful sort of film rather than a, you know it's not it, rather than uh you know sort of fist pump action you know it's like we we slayed the demons kind of kind of ending it's a hmm. it's sort of like this no, is the it, first step and there's yeah, a long exactly. road ahead of her kind of thing absolutely yeah Yes, we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check them out. Um, we've been gushing over this one, as you can tell. Um, you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Time Bomb. Eddie Kay is a mild-mannered watchmaker living in Los Angeles. When he winds up on the news after rescuing a young mother and her baby from a fire, he suddenly finds himself targeted by a shadowy organization and only has an attractive psychoanalyst to help him. Um, <laughs> back in the day, so this, is, this came out in 1991, um, which I think is after US, uh, after um, Navy SEALs, I think. Um, yeah, around the same time, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Navy SEALs, I think, might have been 1990. Yeah. Yeah, it was 1990. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, just after. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, that got a cinema release. This one went straight to DVD over, or, or to VHS over here. Um, but I always remember friends couldn't figure out why, like, Bill Paxton and Michael Dean weren't getting starring roles. You know, and I remember, you know, we did see a film with Bill Paxton 
it was some sort of um, you know alien invades the sewers kind of kind of movie. I can't remember what that was either. Um, and and the only other one I'd sort of seen him in outside of Alien or, or Near Dark was um, Slipstream. You know, for ages. And, and mm. Michael Bean seemed to have it even worse. You know, I mean, it took ages for him to sort of get um, anything apart from, you know, then you had like Navy Seals and then this one. Um, I I did enjoy this when it came out. I thought, I thought it was really good fun. And I still do like it a lot. Um, but now watching it and, you know, being a bit more sort of media or sort of film savvy, I should say. Yeah, you, know, you, you do notice that some of the editing is rather abrupt in this. <laughs> you know, literally sort of cuts off halfway through a scene and just sort of goes to something completely different. Um, the, 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 the um, you know, the worst example of that is when he goes into the, the, the building that's on fire to rescue the girl. And it ends with him still in the building <laughs> without yeah. having actually rescued anyone. It just cuts to the news going, oh, yeah, you rescued her, which is which is really funny. But yeah, I think this is um, it's it's a pretty solid film. It, it could have been done a bit differently, you know. If if they um, didn't lean so heavily on the the shadowy people being involved until later in the film, then the whole you know you could have been more paranoid about who Michael Bean's character is. You know, you think, well, is he crazy or you know is he telling the truth? A bit like um, Mel Gibson in um, Conspiracy Theory. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, had you seen this one before? No, I remember it coming out, um, but didn't get around to watching it because I was probably, I'd be about 11, I'd be 11. Um, Mm. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's basically like a male version of Long Kiss Goodnight, but obviously I presume this was before that. Mm. Yeah, quite a bit. yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's funny you should say. It's funny you say that because that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Even yeah. though there's lots of other things that it's actually, you know, probably closer to. Yeah. I think for some reason the longest good night was the thing that came up first. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know why. No, but so. um, it, it is what it. You know, it's, it's a solid action actioner. Mm. Uh, I mean, Patsy Kenzie's a bit, a bit ropey. To be fair, she just. A bit of screaming, but what I did notice is the violence towards the women is actually quite <laughs> it's quite bad in this. Mm. You know, what I mean, the bit where he, he's freaking out in the hotel room and he, you know, basically trips her up and rams her head against the door. I thought, Jesus. Mm. And then when the know, the the baddie woman comes in, Tracy Scoggins, yeah, is, and he just absolutely chins her with that that chain. Hmm. I'm like, Christ, you know, they're not holding back on it. And <laughs> it, it just gets a little bit weird where they find the the base, you know, that that, that scene. There's quite a few different it's quite jarring, you know. The like the flashback scenes and the PTSD scenes and stuff like that. They are quite quite harsh, you know. Oh, I forget you're not you're not from the um, that that sort of period, so so you're probably not you're not used to seeing boobs in films so often. <laughs> not so much that it's, it's it's the the guy getting his throat slit, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That kind yeah. of yeah, a, you know, the, it's quite harsh the violence in this. And, you know, I know I brought up the female, you know, violence, but just in general, I thought it was quite 
mm-hmm. quite a violent film for you know for what it is but it's yeah it's solid you know it just goes as it is and but like you said the, some of the editing it is a bit weird it's like either they didn't get what they wanted or yeah or run out of time know, it, or something yeah or run out of money or something and just scrapped on with it but um yeah solid enjoyable mm-hmm. yeah now rich i i hadn't seen this since that fateful vhs release back in the day um how about yourself i mean had you, had you seen it previously i hadn't no i hadn't i was aware of it but oh. it's one i've never oh. seen but it's it's directed by Avi Nesher, whose films yeah. we've talked about previously, uh, including Savage, which has actually DNA mm. with this one, I think, because there's some there's some definite similarities, especially when you get to that that really sort of jarring. As Steve mentioned it, where you know where they go to the the sort of base where the brain the brainwashing place basically yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the sort of um, uh, where where that was all happening, and it always goes a bit sort of sci-fi there, doesn't it? It's like um, um, the set is like really wild and a bit. Um, it doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie, um, but it's um, there. I remember sort of, sort of a similar sort of si- uh, a setup, sort of similar situation was used in Savage, which was uh, say about five years later, um, mm-hmm. and that's also a film that plays with you know a character's memory, you know, stuff happening. With, Anyway, but the this is close to let's say Long Kiss Goodnight was the thing that sort of popped in, but it's very much, you know, uh Manchurian candidate, I guess would be the sort of mm. main touchstone, but also born identity, which had had already been written by then, but obviously we didn't get the um uh, I mean there'd been a Richard Chamberlain adaptation yeah, a few years earlier. TV movie, yeah. But um it, it wasn't really in the sort of comedy. So the closest thing that to relate it to for somebody now would be to say it's basically like a born identity. Although I would also say to certain people that it's uh, uh, like Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning yeah. uh, ha- has some similarities as well. Um, the the sort of um, yeah, the sort of the guy who he seems like a regular guy, but it actually turned you know he was he was part yeah. of a, pro, a covert pro, or the, even the guest or you know stuff like which also has universal soldier sort of elements and or it fits into all those, the total recall as well. Um, but the so I thought that all worked really well. The um, what's interesting when I looked up the trivia is like Michael Michael Bean is not someone that they wanted to get the studios or you know the, the producers wanted to go with. They mm-hmm. wanted like an action name like a JCVD. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avi apparently fought for Michael Bean to keep the role, and Michael Bean actually took a pay cut because he was because re- he wanted the role so badly. And as you were saying, you know, lead roles were not uh, that common for him, so this was a good mm. opportunity. It was, you know, it's an M. It's yeah, I think it's like an independently made film, but it it was MGM backed. MGM are the distributor. I think it's out of print at the moment, but if you pick up old DVDs, they are in MGM discs. Um, it's not on the MGM channel or anything, as far as I'm aware. It was, it was put out in the UK originally um, by Entertainment and Video, um, but yeah. then say, later MGM, um, who say have their own rights. Um, so it's kind of got, it's kind of a low budget, but it's got that sort of a bigger element. Like yes, it is rough around the edges. I picked up on a lot of that as well. But you know, the action scenes are, are really, really good. They're yep. really intense. Um, mainly gunplay but there's there's some physical stuff as well i mean they're really throwing them throwing some of the i mean 
so at some point, I wasn't sure if it was the actors or the stunt people. It was. It, was, it, it really seemed like um, uh, some of the you know the main actors maybe were were taking a few, you know, like Michael Bean. It yeah, seems yeah. like he was really sort of thrown around uh, in this. Um, there's a there's there's several big set pieces, which again would not feel out of place in like a Universal Soldier or something, uh, or or a Bourne movie. Mm-hmm. Of where the characters come, you know, the the, the shadowy organization come after him. One of them's Billy Blanks, uh, yep. which is pretty cool. Um, we've also got the the sort of co- the colonel uh, who you know leading this this group is um, Richard Jordan, who mm-hmm. I recognised him, and I was just like, I can't think of what I've seen him in. And I looked up his IMDb, and I think the only thing that I've seen him in, which is what I recognised him from, was The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox All right. uh, from a few years earlier. And we've also we've also got Robert Culp in here. We yeah, well, exactly. in, in um, so which was also an Avi Nesha movie. But Robert, that's a weird. Robert Culp kind of turns up out of nowhere. I mean, he's probably I'm I'm yeah. sure he's on the opening credits, but he just sort of turns up and he doesn't have much of a role. Um, um, it's sort of it, whereas in yeah, whereas in Mercenary, he's he's like they use him quite a lot in that film, and yeah. this was like you. You've got Robert Culp. <laughs> it's like it's like it's not the level of this movie. It's like you, you that they, they can they can just get somebody of sort of his or his career was in that sort of situation where you know they can get someone of his caliber and just have him there because to me he's like a real great asset and they probably don't do as much with him as they should. Um, Tracy Scoggins was kind of on the rise at this point. She hadn't, I don't think she was quite getting into her leading roles at this point, but you know she's uh, quite. I thought she's really good. Yeah, one of the supporting sort of assassin characters. Again, they get they get. Was it there's like the car park? Is it a car park scene? There's yep. a big action scene in the car park. And that. Anyway, anyway, there's it's it's a really entertaining thriller. I would say thriller more an act than an action movie. Patsy Kensit is the obligatory, you know, love interest who gets caught up in the action in the, in the typical sort of eighties nineties fashion. And it seems like it. it I was wondering at first whether she was tied up with it, but it's like, no, no, she was just literally, mm. it was just a coincidence. And she just happened to be somebody he met and she gets to be the Radon Chong who gets, um, you know, gets carried yeah. along in the, it, with the, with the adventure and stuff and ultimately becomes a love interest. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of reasons to watch this. Um, it, it's not perfect. I think, one of the reasons I think maybe it's a little bit rough around the edges is, as far as I can tell, it was Avi Nesha's first American film or, mm. you know, the first of his Hollywood sort of cycle um, before he went back to Israel because he'd, he'd made several films, but they'd all, as far as I can tell, they were all Israeli films with the exception of one that he did in Italy. Uh, and so this one, which does actually, it's from, it's got an Italian producer, um, uh, Raffaella De Laurentiis, was one of the producers of this, yeah, but it's it's American sure. films kind of through and through, uh, and I th- and I wonder if maybe that's why you know because you know maybe he wasn't sort of uh, on top of you know he, he hadn't quite got on or got on his game with with sort of Hollywood thriller kind of assembly mm. you know kind of thing, but uh, I don't necessarily think it's, it's probably I don't know that's I'm I'm clutching at straws I just can't think of why it was so you say rough around those particular edges when his, his films are usually so um, it, from the ones I've seen, I say uh, usually so um, solid uh, say uh, Savage being my particular favorite example. Mm. Um, Savage yeah. was crazy. 
yeah but say that that was another thing because that's like in in savage it was very much modeled in elements of it modeled on the terminator and Mm. time bomb they take the lead from the terminator so i don't know whether avinesh has got this real sort of interest in the terminator and he keeps sort of putting these elements in or something but um you know there is um it's kind of there's also what was that what was that the movie about the shadowy um didn't Burt Reynolds did one where a shadowy organization comes after him. The new was it Malone? Is it Malone where the shadowy organization comes after him? Can't remember. There was a lot of these around in the, in this sort of time period. Anyway, this very much um, uh, they came out of all the Watergate and everything, didn't they? It was that was mm. that was why all these you know you can't trust the government and they're doing all this stuff. Um, that's where. They, but I will say the Manchurian Candidate. I really liked as a, as an aside. I really liked the Denzel Washington remake. Oh, yeah. um, which nobody really talks about anymore. But um, when that came on, Leave Leave Schreiber was in that. I remember mm. thinking that was a really damn good film as well. So, which I, I'm not sure if that came around the same time as Born Identity, but um, everyone say remembers the Born Identity, but nobody remembers that one. So I, I do like these kind of movies. These, you know, the the um, you know the hero gets his memory back and say Long Kiss Goodnight being a good alternative example of that. Um, and say Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, do a double bill. I would say this and that. Hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, we found this one on YouTube. There is a very good copy there. Uh, I think it's a legit one, isn't it? I'm, I'm not. I don't think it's legit, but I'm. It's one of those things where I'm not sure. You know, it looks to from the fact that it's an MGM. It's got the MGM logo and stuff, and it's in widescreen. I think it's probably a DVD rip, but mm-hmm. it's one of those awkward things of. If it's out of print, is it fair game? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's <laughs> that kind of thing. So I think, I think um, it, it, yeah, if it's not if it's not in print, there's no other way to actually sort of view, view it. You then, can find it on, you know, you can buy discs um, from, you know, whether it's CX or via Amazon or something. You know, for, um, you know, if you've got one, it's 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 worth, you know, it's worth a few quid. Not not on loads, but you know, it mm. it is. I would classify it as rare out of print. Um, mm. you know, for some reason, it's not on um, uh, any of the, any channels that I'm aware of. It might t- it might be that it turns up on channels that I'm just not aware of, like Channel Five or something. I don't know, but it seems one of those films that that's just probably you know forgotten about, sort of tucked away, and it, it eventually it will it will maybe turn up on a on a streaming service or something. But for now, um, somebody's gone through to the you know gone to the effort of of, of sticking it up there. It hasn't been pulled mm. for copyright, so. That's, uh, um, I think it's probably that's that's the only reason we cover you know we we cover it if it, if it was anything sort of um, that that seemed particularly dubious that then we wouldn't we wouldn't be wouldn't, wouldn't we're directing you guys to YouTube to to watch yeah. it but um, mm-hmm. in, in this in this instance uh, if it seems there is nowhere else you can see it um, uh, we think that's reasonable. It's fair game for the time being, for sure. So, yes, uh, that is Time Bomb. Um, we all pretty much liked it. Go check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks, guys, for watching these films. The walk was interesting. Um, Colonials, less so. And we did have a classic um, short and throwback. Um, don't forget to check us out on uh, Twitter and Facebook at the TV Digest. Also check out the short shots where we um, focus on a new short every evening around about 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.
Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.